Have you been panicking in the last few days as Christmas approaches? Are you stressed out by the number of tasks in your Christmas to-do list? What expectations do you have for this holiday season? Join me after the intro, when I will reflect on some of the reasons that keep our stress level high during Christmas and give some indications on how to pause, breathe, and regain perspective. Stay tuned. Do you feel stuck in your life? Do you feel unhappy but not completely sure what that is? Do you hold a grudge towards someone for something they did which affects you and the way you live your life? Have you ever told someone, I forgive you, but in reality you were not completely over what happened? Why is it so difficult to truly forgive? How do we forgive? And can anything and anyone be forgiven? Hi, my name is Rosanna D and I'm the host of the Forgiven Tribe Show. This is a safe and not judgmental place for sharing opinions and challenging experiences where the practice of forgiveness helped individuals to get unstuck and create a much more fulfilling life than they had before. Join me in this exciting journey to unveil how you too can have the life you deserve. Simply click the subscribe button below to receive notification about future episodes. Welcome to the Forgiven Tribe Show. There are only a few days left before Christmas is officially upon us, and I feel the need for some reflection. This is arguably the most joyful time of the year, but probably also one of the most stressful ones. We get to the final week before Christmas with a full load of stress, don't we? It's the end of the year of work, the family gatherings you should attend, the friends' Christmas parties all lined up, then the inevitable rush to finish buying all the presents. And all those things in your to-do list that you want to absolutely accomplish before the countdown goes to zero. And we take this baggage of stress and we start the holiday season obsessed with all the preparation to put in place, all the dishes that our tradition requires to have on the table, the kids to entertain, the relative or friend to impress. The truth is that often it's so easy to just get barreling along, I've got to do this. We have got to do that. And you can feel the momentum ramping up very, very quickly and leading to almost panic. You may know by now, if you have been listening to this podcast, that I'm Italian, and that puts me into a special high-risk category of people. As you can imagine, Christmas for an Italian family revolves around the table, and it's not just one day, but it lasts days when we cook and eat, and when we finish eating, well, it's time to start cooking again. And if you are wondering, how can you eat again if you have just finished the previous meal? Well, the answer is very simple, because it's tradition. That's what every mother passes on to their daughters and then to their own. It's that set of not written rules of what makes a good Christmas time, which can only end, unfortunately, in one way. Three kilos heavier on the scale, ouch, and more stressed out than you started. As I prepare for Christmas with the family, the first thing for years, 
I'm already anticipating some of the of the stress, the potential stress and kills, I'm afraid, that all the should and should not imposed by our family tradition might generate. And it comes then natural to ask whether or not this is all necessary. And wonder if there was anything, anything at all that I could do and put in place to protect my energy and mental health while still enjoying the holiday period and the family. Now, this is not some sort of rhetorical questions because having burned out a few years ago and still going on a roller coaster of emotions more days than not, finding ways to avoid stress becomes paramount. And whether your stress is already at concerning levels or not, I want to invite you to reflect on what Christmas looks like for you and your family. Is it a fun, loving, enjoyable time full of laughter? Is it a time when you can slow down, take stock of what the past year has brought into your life, appreciate all the goods that you have harvested, reflect on what you can improve going forward, and perhaps even plan the year that is about to start? Well, if you answer yes to all these questions, then congratulations. I'm officially jealous. I want your Christmas. In fact, I think I'll come and spend Christmas with you. May I? But if the reality doesn't sound like this, and you find that your only way to go through your to-do list and stay up is to indulge in several cups of coffee, then I want to invite you to take five minutes. Five minutes only, I promise. Find a quiet place, sit down in silence, and let's have a little bit of cave time. Close your eyes, put your hands on your chest, and breathe deeply two, three times. Inhale through your nose and exhale through your mouth until you can release all the air in your diaphragm. Now that you likely feel calmer and more grounded, I know I do, let's reflect on what kind of Christmas we really want to experience this year. The first thing to consider is the pressure we put on ourselves to meet all the should and should not that someone else has imposed upon us. The programming of what Christmas is and should look like the so-called traditions. Can you think of all those little commitments that appear non-negotiable? Are they really non-negotiable? What's going to happen if you don't prepare the usual feast of scrumptious Christmas dishes? What would happen if you took just one out of the list, or perhaps two? Will Christmas be less of a Christmas? And what about all the commitments with family and friends? As much as we love them and want to spend time with them, what are these costing to you? What are you saying no to so that you can say yes to that relative or that friend, to this commitment or recreating that tradition? As that wasn't already enough, think of all the micro decisions that we need to take over the festive period. Each decision we make drains a bit of our mental energy. This decision fatigue affects us, how we experience every moment around those decisions, and ultimately also the quality of the decisions we take. The trouble is that we don't have a fuel gouge like we do in our cars, to indicate if and when our cognitive budget is really running on empty. And worse than this, 
We can run on empty for some times without realizing it until it becomes so obvious because our body and mind really shut down. So what can you do to make the next couple of weeks truly magical and lighter? I know that I'll need to protect my energy from the otherwise inevitable festive burnout. One thing that I noticed with me that has affected me over the Christmas time in the past is the inflated expectations that I have for myself, others, and the number of things that I can accomplish during those couple of weeks. Have you ever done something like this? I found myself thinking several times during the weeks preceding Christmas how I could take advantage of the time to rest, sleep longer, go for long walks in nature, and create hopefully long-lasting self-care routines. And to see my friends and family that I haven't seen for months and spend quality time with them, all of them. Then to spend more time preparing my dishes and eat well without giving in to delicious but often nutrient-poor foods. And then to finish the work project that is late already while anticipating three, four, or maybe even five tasks that are already lined up for early January. Does it sound familiar? Do you also tend to stack up lots of different things to do during the Christmas time? Unfortunately, those couple of weeks during Christmas are made of days that are still only 24 hours long age. No matter how adamant I am to achieve all I set myself to do, I set myself for disappointments as well. Because the expectations that I have, that I create and nurture in the weeks before Christmas are simply unreasonable. And then what happens? Well, I start to feel like a failure. Oh, here we go again. I set myself to do this thing and this thing and the other thing, and I did none of them. You can imagine the level of anger towards myself for having missed those targets, for not having kept my word to myself and not having found the time, the energy, and kept commitment to achieve those things. This happens every time we have internal expectations that don't match our external reality. Then the mismatch starts blinking like an error message in our brain, just like an expected software behavior triggers an error message on our computer. This error message sets off an emotional reaction in that part of the brain called amygdala. Our blood and oxygen leave our prefrontal cortex, the seat of executive functioning, to fuel this crisis. A sign hangs on the prefrontal cortex that says, sorry, we are closed for business. In other words, our primitive brain has just hijacked us. And we end up using all our cognitive energy to fuel that roller coaster of emotions. Sounds familiar? I must admit that I've done this more times than I'm comfortable with. Cicero said, to make a mistake is only human. To persist in a mistake is idiotic. And Paulo Coelho added, a mistake repeated more than once is a decision. Well, there is no escape here. I put myself on this roller coaster of inflated expectations, inevitable stress, disempowering disappointment and destructive anger every year for as long as I can remember. And this is at best a decision that I, for once, make every time. Saying this loud is quite powerful 
recognizing and admitting to myself that I'm deciding how to spend those couple of weeks is empowering. So for once this year, I want to give up on those inflated expectations and stay grounded with one realistic and specific thing to focus on for each area or not negotiable people. I haven't spent quality time in person for so long. And then go with the flow for anything else. This way I can be off autopilot and have at least one clear way to spend quality time with key people. What I've been doing is thinking of each person and asking myself what I want to say and do with them. The point is to set intentions that help me to stay focused and relieve the stress, feeling good about having taught how to spend quality moments with these people, despite whatever chaos is going on around us. Psychologists call this a pre-commitment that helps achieving meaningful moments. So how this pre-commitment looks like, you may ask. Great question. Well, it could be an unexpressed emotion, a sentiment, an activity, like a long walk, for example, or something that needs closure. For me, a conversation with my mother is on the card. We love each other to bits. But there are little things that often create misunderstandings and perhaps even bitterness between us, that the distance of living to different countries doesn't really help to smooth out. It will probably be an uncomfortable conversation to start, but I hope it will improve our future conversation, so totally worth it. Stay present with my two nephews and my gorgeous niece is definitely in the program. There are three lively kids, but in very different ways and of the very different ages as well. So spending quality time with each of them requires planning three different types of activities that while enjoying the moments together, we also show them how much I love them and how much they mean to me. There is this thing we always say about Zelsana, i.e. me, who is always there for them, either physically or spiritually. But it will be nice to be in the same room for once. Aurora, my seven-year-old niece and my sister's youngest, is very creative. She loves drawing, coloring, and glittering everything. So having a little Auri and Auntie art installment is in the pipeline. Stefano, my sister's second child, has been asking for some time that I go and see him playing football. He plays semi-professional in a regional club, and he's quite good judging from his many followers, something that feels too overwhelming for this auntie, considering he's not even 13. Mattia, my sister eldest, is now a shy 14-year-old teen who has been changing too fast for my liking. I think with them, I like to go for a walk and talk or play and talk, whichever works. I want to know what he thinks and feels. He is very reserved and doesn't talk much. And since I burned out and then the pandemic made traveling challenging for me, I feel we have been growing apart over the last three, four years. It's time to regroup. Last but not least, my darling sister has planned an afternoon with some pampering and easy watching movies for the two of us. Well, I guess that takes my need for self-care, which is great, two for the price of one. On the professional note, I think I'll try to have a break this year. And the only task I want to tackle and spend some time on is revising and planning. I've been working on a business idea for some time now, but in the last few months, 
I got to a sort of standstill while I gained more knowledge. And despite realizing that there is still plenty to learn and perhaps even more things to know than I'm aware of, I certainly have a deeper understanding of some of the processes that I can put in place. So it will be good to step back for a moment and take a higher level view to take stock of what I've already achieved and what I still need to create and have in place. Hmm, that feels exciting. So what are you planning for the holidays? How will you spend quality time with those that really matter to you without the overwhelm that you need to attend every celebration, accept every invitation and spend time with everyone? How do you want to feel when you are with them? If you need inspiration, then take five minutes and try with short visualizations, focusing on what you want to feel rather than what you want to do with them. And if still unsure, they say that one way to feel connected to others and them to you is to be an active listener. Whatever you decide to do, my wish for you is to be able to manage stress. We all have stressors in our lives that affect the quality of everything we do. Learning what triggers us and how we can deal with them when they threaten to overwhelm us are very useful steps to maintain our mental health, especially during holidays. One thing that is worth bearing in mind is to give but also accept help and support from family and friends. Sometimes we feel the need to do everything by ourselves, to be in charge of every step or whatever project we are carrying out. Most of times we do that out of love, in an attempt to show our selfless love to those we care about. But truth to be told, family and friends need to be involved in what you do and vice versa for those relationships to thrive. In fact, they thrive when they are put to the test. So asking for help and support is everything but selfish. It's selfless more than doing everything by yourself because you are giving that relationship an opportunity to raise to a new level. Besides, with a bit of ease and care, any chore can be turned into fun, loving time. Whether you use it to catch up, to tell fun stories, to plan a new adventure together, to brainstorm on how to tackle a tricky situation, there are lots of different ways on how you can turn a chore into a memorable moment. And if there are kids around, involve them too and make it into a play. So every preparation can become a win-win situation. You get to do what you set to achieve, but in less time, with less effort, and most importantly, you will get to spend some good time with those you care about, including the youngest, if you make it fun. Finally, give yourself permission to feel as you do and to make the choices that you need. Do not judge or compare your feelings or actions with those of anyone else. You have the right to define for yourself the things that are important for you and how you choose to celebrate the holidays. But also give yourself permission to take a break from your worries and concerns. Recognize that dedicating even a short time every single day to your mental fitness will reap significant benefits in terms of feeling rejuvenated and more confident. Collect positive emotional moments. Make a point of recalling times when you have experienced pleasure, comfort, tenderness, confidence, or any other positive things. 
positive energy brings more positive energy and replenishes our batteries. Avoiding multitasking and set to do one thing at a time. Be present in the moment. Whether out for a walk or spending time with friends, turn off your mobile and your mental to-do list. Enjoy hobbies if you have them. Hobbies can bring balance to your life by allowing you to do something you enjoy because you want to do it. Also, set personal goals. Goals don't have to be ambitious. They could be as simple as finishing a book, walking around the block every day, learning to play, I don't know, bridge, for example, or calling your friends instead of waiting by the phone. Whatever goal you set, reaching it will build confidence and a sense of satisfaction. It also helps you growing the self-awareness that you are in fact able to keep the commitments you do to yourself. Express yourself, whether in a journal or talking to a wall. Expressing yourself after a stressful day can help you gain perspective, release tension, and boost your body's resistance to illness. These practices are useful at any time of the year, but even more so during holidays, when on one end we want to avoid bottling up negative energy, and on the other, we give ourselves more time to nurture these self-care practices and create useful habits to continue after the holiday, if we don't practice them yet. Finally, laugh as loud and as often as you can possibly do. Laughter is really the best medicine. Even better is sharing something that makes you smile or even laugh with someone you know and care and create a memorable time that you can recall later in the future. Well, I hope that this episode has prompted in you the need for self-reflection on how you can avoid the usual holiday drama and stress with a few pre-commitments for what really matters to you don't overwhelm yourself. And if things don't go as you expected, it's okay. Let it go. Let me know how your Christmas time is going. And if you have additional tips that make you enjoying this time of the year without adding stress or overwhelm to your life, then get in touch and let me know. With my best wishes for a happy and serene Christmas time, I invite you to join me next time when we will continue exploring inspiring and challenging situations. Because remember, we are together in this journey, even during the holidays. Remember, forgiveness is like a muscle. The more you practice, the stronger and more effective it becomes. If you haven't done it yet, you can subscribe by clicking the subscribe button below. If you know anybody who could benefit from the topics discussed in this show, do some good and share the link with them. If you have a story that you want to share with us, comments or suggestions on topics you would like to be explored, send me an email at forgiventrive at gmail.com. Reviews will also be very much appreciated. And with this, it's a wrap. Till next time, thank you and goodbye.